dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas, as well as chase Chinese dramas as they air. I am your host for today, Karen. And today I am bringing you my review of the just finished airing drama Thousand Years for You or Qing Jun. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. This podcast review is also in written form. If you want to take a look, check out our website at www.chasingdramas.com. I spent a ton of time putting this together so you can not only listen to it here, but also read it on our website. Thousand Years for You is a 36-episode drama produced by ITE that had its initial airing date of September 15th, 2022, and just finished airing on October 6th. It is available on the ITE platform with English subtitles, but you will need VIP access to see the entire thing. I'm doing mostly my own English translations off the cuff, so please excuse any differences from the official source. And yay, I'm very proud of myself for getting this review done so quickly after the drama aired. Well, it's because I have a lot of thoughts on it and a lot to say. <laughs> At a high level, this drama is a comedic love story between the 3,000-year-old general Lu Yan, played by Ren Jialun, and the chief or leader of the Qingquan village, Yu Dengdeng, played by Li Qin. This drama is set in the Republic era of China, and Lu Yan was a powerful general in ancient times who worked together with the mystical Yunqi of the Lingzu or the Spirit Clan to bring peace. Yunqi was essentially the saintess of the Spirit Clan. In present day of the drama, he awakes to help recover Yunxi's magical essence currently residing in the body of Yu Dengdeng, who looks surprisingly like Yunxi. The story opens with Yu Dengdeng ordering Lu Yan to marry her for his money to save her village, which he only reluctantly accepts to uncover more about Yu Dengdeng's connection to Yunxi. My initial rating after six episodes of this drama that I put on our website was a 7.5 out of 10, but after wrapping up, I had to push that rating down to 6.8. It totally breaks my heart to have to do this because, I mean, if you just look at our website, I am a huge fan of Li Qin, but I did not enjoy the drama as much as I thought I would. So I'm going to have to tone down my bias and give this drama a 6.8 out of 10. Douban, which is kind of the Chinese uh, rating source for dramas and movies, currently has this drama sitting at 6.3. And I think that's probably a pretty good representation or fair representation of the final score. This is a drama that has some shining moments, but then is followed by muddled mediocrity in the rest. For this podcast episode, I will do a more in-depth plot recap and provide my overall thoughts, as well as break down what I liked and didn't like about the drama to support my final rating. There will be mild spoilers ahead, so that's just a fair warning, especially in the what I liked and didn't like section. Like I said, this review is up on our website if you want to read this more in depth and let me know what you think if you agree or disagree with my view. Let's start off with the plot recap. 
I think the first few minutes of the drama sets the stage pretty well. 3,000 years ago, the spirit clan, which are humanoid creatures with green blood, pointed ears, and magical powers, invaded the mainland, and Lu Yan, the prince of the ancient Shu kingdom, stepped in as general to protect his homeland from these invaders. He put up a fierce fight against the spirit clan leader Zhu Rong. The spirit clan Saintess, or Shengnu Yunxi, decided the mainland could provide a homeland for both humans and the spirit clan, and worked together with Lu Yan to defeat Zhu Rong, thereby saving humanity and creating a world where members of the spirit clan could coexist with humans. However, in order to do so, Yunxi sacrificed herself to save Lu Yan, and shortly after defeating Zhu Rong, the newly revived and more powerful Lu Yan also disappeared. It's been 3,000 years, and in a cave near Qingquan village, village or clan leader Yu Dengdeng is a spitting image of Yunxi. She just so happens to come across the mural of Lu Yan in the cave. As the cave becomes unstable and Deng Deng accidentally cuts herself on one of the rocks, her blood awakens the thousand-year-old general, Lu Yan. Back at Qingquan village, Deng Deng's second father, Lu Er, played by the famous comedian Xiao Shenyang, suggests that to stave off the bad omens surrounding Deng Deng, which primarily involves needing money to support the village, she should marry a man. And thus, our story begins. Deng Deng heads down to the main town and forcefully proposes to marry the son of a wealthy merchant. She and her motley crew of village members are hoping to use the bride price and gifts from the marriage to fund many of the activities in the village. Except on the day of the wedding, when they go to marry the young man, he disappears en route back to their village. Enraged, Deng Deng and company head back to the town to try to suss out who or what was causing this disappearance. And their number one suspect is the litter, or you could say carriage. IT translates this as the sedan company. However, as they're trying to make a fuss, Deng Deng's group sees another group of bandits being chased by police and causing havoc in the streets. Deng Deng tries to save a boy from gunfire when she herself is saved by the dashing Lu Yan, who just so happened to be nearby. And with one look, Deng Deng is absolutely smitten. She is infatuated with Lu Yan's looks and immediately wants to marry him instead. And thus, we have, again, a further comical reversal of roles as Yu Deng Deng forces marriage with the handsome Lu Yan, who only reluctantly agrees because he cannot understand why or how Deng Deng looks so much like the woman he helped care for for 3,000 years, but is not showing evidence of being her. He allows himself to be taken up to Deng Deng's village and even become her concubine in order to investigate this further. What is hilarious is that Deng Deng is actually already married. Her husband, and this is somehow again persuaded by her second dad, is a freaking rooster called Da Hong. Again, let me reiterate, a rooster. 
when I was watching this, I was like, uh, I commend the scriptwriter for coming up with this totally random, I don't know, scenario. Uh, because this, I've never seen a story where the main character is married to a rooster. I mean, he's great. He's super chill. And what's funnier is that the entire village treats this rooster as the proper husband of Yu Deng Deng. When Lu Yan arrives, they all just call him Lu Yinyang or concubine Lu. He only takes this odd disrespect because he recognizes that Deng Deng has the essence of Yun Qi, and the only way to retrieve this is that he'll have to kill Yu Deng Deng. The big catalyst in the first part of the drama is the fun, albeit rushed, wedding between Lu Yan and Deng Deng at Qingquan Village. They invite all of the village leaders from nearby villages in order to take the money to give to the poor and needy in Qingquan Village. But the evening of the wedding, the village leaders turn into vicious monsters that are losing their life force. Deng Deng herself is the victim of dark magic by members of the spirit clan. And so in order to save the lives of these village leaders as well as Deng Deng's life, she, Lu Yan, Gu Beixi, who is Deng Deng's childhood friend and village leader of the Nanfeng village, among a few others, head out to seek the truth. The group manages to defeat the monster of the Spirit Clan, harming innocent Spirit Clan members and humans, and return to Qingquan Village. While Lu Yan starts seeing the attention to detail and kind-hearted nature uh, from Yu Dengdeng under all of the more aggressive outside exterior, his primary goal is to retrieve Yun Xi's magical essence from Dengdeng in order to revive Yun Xi but again, at the cost of Deng Deng's life. However, as he's trying to kill Deng Deng, he discovers to his utter disbelief that she is Yun Qi, the woman he spent 3,000 years protecting. The remainder of the drama follows Lu Yan and Deng Deng as they clear the air about how they each came to Qingquan village and why Yun Qi has now reincarnated as Deng Deng. This paves the way for them to develop a much stronger relationship. Meanwhile, the search for Deng Deng's father who has gone missing and the goal to stop a similarly reincarnated Zhu Rong who continues to seek spirit clan dominance over the mainland. Deng Deng and Lu Yan's travels take them to different parts of the mainland, to the spirit clan marketplace, and also back to Lu Yan's homeland, the ancient kingdom of Shu, in a whirlwind story. With that background, let me share some overall thoughts for the drama, as well as some details on how the drama performed. Qing Jun broke records for reaching 9,000 on the popularity index within the first 24 hours of airing, and this drama stayed in that range for the duration of the airing period, peaking near 9,300, but never really broke beyond that. The drama did well, but was nowhere near the popularity of these summer dramas, and in my view, that's fair. This drama's initial popularity was heavily driven by Ren Jialun's popularity and also aided by Li Qin, both of whom are seen as very stable and pretty good actors. This is a drama where I appreciate the effort that went into it, but I do think it needed to be polished 
especially from a script perspective. This drama is unique in that it is not based off of a book. So a lot of the plot or world building is special to this drama. I give it a lot of kudos for doing so because so many of the dramas that are airing right now are based off of book so that in order to have a unique story come out without any basis is a unique feat, I feel like, in the last couple of years for at least these bigger dramas. So I appreciate that. My biggest struggle with this drama is that there are plenty of areas to the drama where you think that either the plot or the setting is not detailed enough, but then in other parts of the drama, you see there's incredible detail paid attention to. Take, for example, the costumes for the main characters. At first, you're pushed to think that the main characters don't have too many different hairstyles, and for Deng Deng, at least, her outfits are very simple. But when you look further, you see the detail in the costumes from the embroidery to the design, as well as the style. It's actually all very intricate, and she has a huge wardrobe. You think it's all very similar, but no. She has quite a few looks. The outfits for Deng Deng are masculine, but with a touch of femininity, and they become more feminine as she builds her relationship with Lu Yan. Speaking of Lu Yan, the suits that he wears are understated, but of very intricate and interesting design. You can take a look at the collars and even the belts. They're very chic, and the suits are perfectly tailored. I found that Qingquan Village, the spirits clan marketplace of Guishu, and Gushu, the ancient kingdom where Lu Yan is from, are full of life. But then some of the intermediate cities looked forgettable and unimaginative. You could have told me that they were in the same town in all of the places that they went to, and I would have been like, oh yeah, that probably makes sense. I do think that's primarily a limitation of the time period the drama was set. I feel like I can see where this drama was trying to go in terms of world building, but then it didn't fully bring me into a completely immersive world. The actors from all of the behind the scenes clips I saw spent a lot of time trying to be very detailed and come up with interesting ways to bring their characters to life, but I feel like they could have done more from a script perspective. I enjoyed the secondary characters because they really helped bring this drama to life, and I found them all to be very fun individuals in their own right. But again, more script and plot problems. This is a drama that will have you burst out laughing due to the shenanigans that Deng Deng and her group get up to, but then shortly after might be bawling in tears of sadness at other points in the drama. I will say it is a roller coaster of emotions, which probably could have been balanced out. Though the soundtrack, especially the two main themes, Yo Shi Wu Qi by Zhang Bichen and Wu by Ren Jia Lun, are quite outstanding, and I have them on repeat now in my playlist. I can see that a lot of money was spent on these special effects, which are quite good for this drama, though I feel like money was spent there and maybe not in some other areas. And of course, the main leads, Li Qin and Ren Jialun, look great in their roles. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge fan of Li Qin. Most of the commentary is more on other aspects of their acting, but not 
how they look on screen. So let's get into more specifically what I liked and didn't like about the drama. First up for what I liked is, number one, the relationship between Deng Deng and Lu Yan. If I had to describe the relationship in one word, it would be comforting. Lu Yan spent 3,000 years helping bring Yunxi back to life, and after confirming that Deng Deng was indeed Yunxi, he never hesitated to protect her for the rest of the drama. He was always her rock no matter the consequences. She, on her part, never looked at any other man after spending time with Lu Yan and also trusted him unconditionally. After clearing up some comical misunderstandings aside, and I can say they were so funny, the two of them worked together seamlessly to uncover secrets about who was harming members of the spirit clan and also discovering the more nefarious forces at play in the mystical realm of the ancient Shu kingdom. It was so nice to see them come together as a team and play tricks together against outside adversaries to break spells or gather evidence without having to communicate beforehand. I never had to worry that Deng Deng or Lu Yan would betray each other for any reason other than saving the other person's life. And even then, it didn't involve hurting the other person. None of this, let me tell you I hate you so that you stop loving me. I'm hurting you to protect you nonsense. I feel like that is something that I'm like, ugh, we don't need. And this drama avoids that, so I appreciate that very much. For Deng Deng's part two, she was the subject of Gu Beixi's affections, but Deng Deng was at first too oblivious to his affections or else only considered him as a friend after furthering her feelings for Lu Yan. Sure, Deng Deng and Lu Yan were both very immature in their feelings because they have had no experience with this before, but after figuring things out for a couple of episodes and after clearing the air, it was just overall very sweet. There's actually a scene towards the end of the drama where Deng Deng summarizes her relationship with Lu Yan, and I think it's actually quite apt. The two of them started out not knowing how to love another person, even though they were attracted to each other. But after all of their travels and having grown immensely together, they became much more reliable and trusting. Perhaps it's because Li Qin and Ren Jialun, the actors for these roles, are both in their 30s, so they have a more mature understanding of how relationships work. So while this story is oftentimes funny, they portrayed it in a much more mature way so that the relationship, like I said, is much more comforting and trusting. The other aspect of the drama that I really liked is Yu Dengdeng as a character. While many people are very enamored with how handsome and powerful Lu Yan is, I think that Yu Dengdeng is much more unique. In a time period where women did not have much positions of power, she was leading an entire village. Sure, a large part of her qualification comes from the fact that she is extremely strong, this due to her being a spirit clan saintess in her prior life. Her strength helps her lead when going off into squabbles with other clan members who are needing to go fight people for one reason or another. But that's just the foundation. 
The other part of why she is respected is that while she on the surface is just loud and aggressive, a tactic learned to be one of the guys, she's actually incredibly detail-oriented and observant. Not only that, she's very kind-hearted. The money she gets from forcing Lu Yan to marry her uh, and the gifts from neighboring village heads are given to the poor and needy in her village, first and foremost. She doesn't care about taking any of that money for herself. Yu Dengdeng cares deeply for the lives and stability of her village and works tirelessly to ensure its inhabitants are cared for. That's the other reason why she garners respect. Plus, she never let being a woman stop her. One line in particular that was interesting to me in this drama is that she said Lu Yan would be Yu Lu Shi, which means that she would be the primary family member and Lu Yan would be the second. This wasn't a point I brought up in my review of Meng Hua Lu or A Dream of Splendor, but in that drama, the main male lead, Gu Tianfan, was skewered by viewers or comments for saying that Zhao Pan would be Gu Zhao Shi because that automatically implied a patriarchy. But in this drama, not only does Yu Dengdeng marry Lu Yan as a concubine, meaning she is kind of like the equivalent of the husband, she does so as if she were a man without a second thought. She's like, this is totally the right of me being the primary breadwinner and leader of the family and you will be my concubine. Yeah, there are plenty of issues with this construct as a whole, but I found that to be highly refreshing, even if it is ridiculous. No one was saying anything about the fact that she was like, oh, you're going to be Yu Lu Shi, but yeah. During Meng Hua Lu, <laughs> Gu Tianfan was skewered for saying, oh, my wife is going to be Gu Zhao Shi. They were like, why can't she be Zhao Gu Shi, you know, the other way around. But hey, in Qingjun, we see that reversal. Yu Dengdeng is also extremely clear of what she wants and is not afraid to be upfront about it, namely Lu Yan. When she recognized that she likes him, she made it very clear to him that she wants and cares for him. There is no room for any doubt that she has only eyes for Lu Yan. This contributes to the comforting relationship I mentioned uh, earlier, because I think most women are not as vocal about her feelings or nearly as confident in her feelings, as well as her confidence in Lu Yan's feelings towards her. There are many times in this drama where Deng Deng is like, I know that Lu Yan will not have or not look at any other woman because I am here. And I'm like, great, I really like that confidence. In my view, Deng Deng's success on screen is in large part due to Li Qin. She wrote a rather long essay on her view of the character of Yu Dengdeng uh, on the final day of the drama's airing, and I would say I agree with most parts. It's clear that Li Qin did a lot of research and thought on playing this character. What is interesting is that many people actually do not like her portrayal of the character because they think she overacted the part, especially the beginning when she's uh, doing more comical portrayals of Yu Dengdeng. I think a contributing reason to this is because Li Qin is very well known for her more tragic or demure roles where she's cold and distant 
And so seeing her in a more comical and a kind of, you know, upfront role was jarring for most viewers. But in my opinion, if you look at her reality TV show clips and whatnot, which I do because I like her, she is much more outgoing in front of friends and during competitions. So this was not that much of a shift for me. Like I didn't find any issues with her natural voice stuff because that's just how she speaks. There was a lot of, I guess, pushback because they were thinking, oh, maybe she also should have gotten a voice dub. And that, I think, is a great transition into what I didn't like about this drama. The first thing I have to raise is Ren Jia Lun's voice. Man, he is such a handsome guy. And you can tell I am quite enamored because uh, I have plastered so many photos of him in my uh, review post on our website. So, I mean, look, he looks fantastic in this role with those tailored suits and his overall demeanor. But the biggest controversy for this drama is that Ren Jialun did not use a voice dub for this role. And he is largely panned for it. It is actually one of those times where viewers are actually urging him to use a voice dub when more often than not now, people are like, please use your own natural voice. Stop using a voice dub. Why is that? Because if you watch the drama, you will think that many of his lines are stated as though he's reading off a script. At first, I didn't mind, and you will see in my initial review of this drama that, you know, in the first six episodes or so, it was fine because he didn't need to have much emotion. But then later on, when he's professing love or showing anger, I just wish there was more. I still felt like he was just reciting lines. What's so odd to me is that I thought his acting was fine. I mean, he looked great, especially the moments when he smiled or was chuckling at some of the silliness that Yu Dengdeng was doing. His face absolutely lights up when he smiles, and when he cries, you cannot help but be moved along with him. The set photos of him in this drama are just so handsome, to say the least. And I really do wish, though, that he did more to bring out emotion in his lines for the drama. I have seen justification from fans that Lu Yan is a character with little outward emotion, as that was the toll on him for sleeping for 3,000 years, which, yes, as stated in the drama, that becoming a much colder person would be a side effect of saving Yun Qi. But still... If fans need to justify it, then I don't think the voice necessarily stuck. And that's just like ugh, such a reversal for me too because I really didn't mind it at the beginning of the drama. It's just when the more uh, emotional punches came out, I was like, dude, seriously, let's bring out some more emotion, please. The other part of the drama that I felt was lacking was that there were too many unexplained points in the drama. While I commend the script writers and the director for bringing together this drama that is quite unique, the problem with this drama's world building is that it is clearly not thought out thoroughly. That is one of the challenges of this drama not being based off of any book because some of the quirks that were created for plot purposes or for a laugh were there but then not fully explained afterwards. 
I won't go too in-depth into some of the unexplained plot points without going into major spoiler territory, but some of the questions I had were, for example, the full extent of the spirit clan powers and how connected was the spirit clan to humans. We see Lu Yan and the main villain for the drama, Zhu Rong, fight immense battles. And Zhu Rong can shapeshift while Lu Yan can appear in anywhere. But how? What are the rules here? And how can the hairpin that Lu Yan gives to Deng Deng, which used to be owned by Yunxi, allow Deng Deng and Lu Yan to communicate with one another? Once again, what are the rules here? And the hilarious plot point where Da Hai, Deng Deng's disciple or student, starts turning into a woman after drinking. This is after being injured by a member of the spirit clan. While this created plenty of laughs in the drama, which I appreciated, I'm not sure how or why this happened, and it's not explained satisfactorily. Or maybe I just didn't watch the drama closely enough, so if somebody has an answer, please let me know. Yes, not everything needs to be fully explained in a world, but when certain aspects drive crucial points of the story, then it's important to flesh out these parts of the story out. And that leaves me to my final point, is that because some of these powers or world-building aspects were not fully explained, it left the villains to be quite lackluster. Because the rules of power in the spirit clan were unclear, I couldn't exactly understand what Zhu Rong was doing half the time. Sure, he may not have had as much power as Lu Yan, but he controlled so many spirit clan members and could have wreaked way more havoc than what was portrayed. Also, he was puttering around for, what, 3,000 years just to wait for Lu Yan to show up? What perfect timing! His ultimate motivations just seemed weak, or at least just like very small scale on how he was actually bringing about the demise of humanity. His ultimate end goals just seemed very rash. And additionally, the final conflict of the drama just seemed like it was just so small scale. The drama emphasized humanity versus all of the spirit clan but then the deaths and decay seemed to only revolve around Qingquan village and Yu Dengdeng. I couldn't feel the immense impact or weight of the villains compared to what I believe the writers had hoped. In many cases, the drama just left me thinking, okay, what else? Can we just get back to the cute romantic scenes between Dengdeng and Lu Yan? Like, who cares about <laughs> all of the other larger conflicts of the drama? I think it is hard to write good leads, but it is even harder to write good villains. And sadly, I don't think the drama managed to this time around. And that is it for my review. Thanks so much for sticking with me. This was a long one. And I think I got most of what I wanted to say off my chest. If I think of anything else, I will be updating the review on our website. Like I said, if you have any thoughts, please let me know if you agree or disagree. I don't know if this turns you off from the drama. That's fine. But, you know, you can make your own opinions. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you in the next podcast episode.